And welcome back to Shimming Cast, a podcast for dancers and fans of Middle Eastern dance. I'm your host, Anala Rabari, and I'm really glad that you all came back for episode four. And for all of you new listeners, this is your first time listening. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy the show, because we have a fantastic show for you. Of course, we're going to have answers to our question of the week, then a rundown of upcoming belly dance events, a review of the Belly Dance Superstars CD Volume 1, our email and feedback section, and our first ShimmyCast interview. Uh, this interview is with Elena Malente, who is uh, a, a fellow troop member of mine. I just think she has a fascinating story, so I interviewed her for this week's podcast. And I hope you all enjoyed it. So we're going to get started with our answers to the question of the week. Last week's question was, what is your favorite prop and why? And I have to say, listeners, I'm disappointed in you. Nobody answered the question. Well, that's not true. Elena Malente answered the question, and that'll be in her interview. So I'm going to go ahead and give you my answer. And then we'll talk about this whole answering the question of the week. So my favorite prop, and I I talked to y'all a little bit about this last week, that I wanted you to get creative with your answers. And um, I had a specific answer in mind. It was the same answer as mine. And that answer is my favorite prop is my hair. Believe it or not. I have um, hair that is down past my shoulders. And I love using my hair as a prop. Number one, it's easy to take care of because, you know, it's already in my daily regime to take care of my hair. Number two, it's with me all the time. I never have to worry about forgetting it, especially since I don't wear wigs, although some of you may, and that's fine. And three, it's just fun when you have the right length of hair that you can use it because you can spin around really fast and let it fly in your hair and kind of hide behind it and do some very mysterious, seductive uh, glances through your hair at your audience. Or you can just, you know, fluff it up and play around with it and kind of fling it from side to side if you're getting a little sassy or if you have a really energetic piece. And that's why my favorite prop is my hair. Now, wanted to talk to you guys a little bit. If you miss a chance to answer a question of the week, say you want to answer the first question, which was how did you get into belly dance, but we're now on episode four. That's fine. Go ahead and answer it. You can send in your answers via our email address, which is shimmycast at gmail.com, or you can go to our forums You can get to those through our website at shimmycast.blogspot.com. And I have to tell you right now, I'm a little sad because I'm the only one hanging out at the forum. (laughs) And uh, my forum name is Sassy Red Gypsy. So come on over to the forum and please just post something, even if it's a hi. I'm a listener and this is where I'm from. You know, and this is how long I've been dancing or something like that. And let's really start talking to each other. The whole reasons why I do the question of the week is because I want us to all start talking to each other. Because 
that's the way the belly dance community grows is we meet new people and we talk to each other and we help each other out because I really feel that belly dancing should be a sisterhood and it's just more fun when you have people to share it with because it's such a fun art form you want to share it with everybody so I'm gonna get off my soapbox now and start stop hopping at y'all and at the end of the episode I'll give you next week's question that you should answer. Okay? I'm telling you. Come. Answer. It'll be fun! That's right. It's time for news. And there is a ton of stuff going on in the belly dance community all over the world in the next couple of weeks. So get out, go see a show, go to a workshop, brush up on your craft. So here's the rundown of events. June 1st through June 11th, the belly dance superstars will be having performances and workshops throughout the United Kingdom in such cities as London, Torquay, Preston, and Bradford. June 2nd through the 5th is the 7th annual Western Australia Middle Eastern Dance Festival in Western Australia. June 3rd is Evening at the Oasis Dance Concert in Acne, Indiana. Also June 3rd, Gypsy Dance with Gypsy Skirts in Northcote, Victoria, Australia. June 3rd, Fatima in Mishawaka, Indiana. June 4th, Dancing with Fire workshop in Wakadona, Illinois. I hope I said that right. Y'all forgive me if I pronounce some of these things wrong. I'm from Arkansas. <laughs> June 8th, Arabian Nights in Clinton, Maryland. June 9th through 11th, Southern Invasion workshops are going on in Birmingham, Alabama. June 9th through the 11th, the Atlanta Dance Oriental Society's 11th Annual Egyptian Nights Gala in Atlanta, Georgia. June 10th, Destination Cairo Dance Concert in Berkeley, Michigan. June 10th, Barefoot Flamenco Spanish Gypsy Dance Workshop in Dales Ford, Victoria, Australia. June 11th, Hofla on the Side, A Journey Through the Middle East and Beyond in Merrickville, New South Wales, Australia. June 11th, Core Tummy Kama Sutra Exercises Workshop in Wakadona, Illinois. Due to the type of exercises and topics discussed, this class is limited to women who are adults over 21. And that's it for this week's ShimmyCast news update. And as always, these events with more information will be listed in the show notes. This week's review is on the CD Belly Dance Superstars. It's being reviewed by Delilah of the Myra Nawal Troupe. This CD is a compilation of various artists. This CD has 16 wonderful songs to listen or dance to. 
The CD has brief biographies of the eight dancers in the liner notes, telling a little history of how long each dancer has been dancing and what kinds of awards they have won. This is the Belly Dance Superstar's first CD, and I'm very impressed with the good mixture of traditional songs, such as drum solos, and hot new Arabic beats. I am partial to the Arabic and Turkish type belly dance songs, so I especially enjoyed this CD. There's a good mixture of songs on this CD that you're sure to find a song that you like. And we want to thank Delilah for that review, and I believe she is probably going to be reviewing some of the other Belly Dance Superstar DVDs in the future, so we'll have that up for you as well. So now it's time for emails and feedback. And I just want to say thank you so much. Even though nobody answered the question of the week, a lot of people have been posting comments and emailing about other things, so I do appreciate that. And I know that y'all are listening and enjoying the show. So first we have a comment that was left on our website by Suhara, who is from Australia. And she says, great to see a Middle East dance podcast. Good luck. I appreciate it, even when y'all just drop me a line and say, hey, I'm enjoying the podcast. Thank you so much for doing it. And it lets me know that y'all are having a good time. Next we have an email from Summer, and uh, this is Summer in Alaska, who emailed us last week as well. Dear Anala, I was so surprised last night when I turned my iPod on to ShimmyCast and heard my email. And then I logged on, and there's an email back from you too. That was something really nice that I wasn't expecting at all. Thank you. And I was so excited to hear your article about veil work because I found an instructor in my area who has dance space and classes going on. She said to just come on by and see if it was for me. And she mentioned that they were doing veil work right now. So if I wanted to work with a veil, I should bring one. Otherwise, I can just come as I am and work without one. I probably will do just that and work without one while I try the class out. But if or when I decide to get a veil to practice with. Now I know how long a one to get. I was thinking I would just go to the fabric store and get a length of fabric the right size, but I was wondering whether it has to be hemmed. I'm terrible with my sewing machine. I can hand sew by hand, but oy, that's a lot of hemline to sew by hand. Or will the fabric fray too much if I don't hem it? Or is there a need for the hem beyond just good sewership? So, as far as making your own veil goes, here's the thing. Like I said in the article, remember when you buy fabric at a fabric store, ask the person to actually cut the fabric and not rip it. That will help prevent it from fraying too badly. Too many times, depending on the type of fabric that you buy, uh, by the time you get it home, a good portion of it is gone just from the ends because they frayed so badly. So you want to watch that. The thing about hemming your veil, you will need to hem it. But the good thing is you only need to hem the short sides. Long ends are what's called a selvage edge of the fabric. And the way that fabric is produced, 
that edge won't fray. So you only have to worry about hemming um, the two short sides. And if you don't hem it after you work with the veil, um, all the twirls and swirls and turns and flips and things that you do with the veil, it can get really messy if it starts to fray. So you really do want to hem it. If you have a sewing machine and you're a good sewer, really the best thing to do is invest in a roll hem foot. They're really wonderful because they give you a nice professional looking hem. If you're not a sewer, fear not. There are some alternatives. Number one, there is a product called Heat and Bond. It's kind of a strip of glue that you sandwich in between your fabric and you use your iron to heat it up and it basically makes a hem for you. There's also some other actual glue products that you can use. I think one is Stitch Witch or Stitch Witchery or something like that and you can literally just fold your fabric under and press it down. Now I have just started learning how to sew. My mom is a whiz at sewing. Thank goodness for my mom because she helps me with a lot of my costumes because I, I tend to like to make my own costumes. So my mom has been helping me a lot and teaching me how to sew and she's also been helping me with my veils, helping me make my veils. So yay mom! She's probably not listening. She's still getting up on what podcasts are. But anyway, I'm digressing. Um, so my little trick is, since I'm not a good sewer, I actually put trim over my hems. Sometimes it's kind of hard, especially if you're using a lightweight material like chiffon, to get it to fold over evenly and stay in place while you're trying to sew it. So I kind of cheat a little and try to fold it over and then uh, sew a trim on top of it so you can't really see where my hem is rolled. And if it's a little cattywampus and not that straight, you really can't tell. And I'm going to try to take some pictures of veils that I have made myself, get some close-ups of the hemline and the salvage edge for you guys so you can really see what I'm talking about and post these pictures on the website. Uh, so hopefully a picture, like they say, is worth a thousand words, and that'll help you as well as far as knowing how to hem your veils. And our next comment that we have is from Cherie. Thank you for the great international info. I live in Italy and would love to hear if there's anything going on here. Well, Cherie, I'm really glad that you're thankful for the international info. And I try really hard when I'm looking over the internet for information about events or um, workshops and things of that nature. I try really hard to look throughout the world for information on where to go and what's coming up and what you can do. I haven't found anything on Italy so far, but you guarantee if I come across it, I will put it up there for you. And I hope you all are continuing to enjoy the podcast. Like I said, you can leave us emails or feedback at our email address, shimmycast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, shimmycast.blogspot.com, and you can either leave a comment 
or go to our forum board and post a comment on our forum board or you can use our Odeo it's there on the left hand side, excuse me, the right hand side you just click on it and use the microphone in your computer to send me a voicemail message that I'll be more than happy to play on the podcast. Now a couple of weeks ago I told y'all about Arabella who was going to start Rock's Radio. I know she was planning on recording her first episode over uh, Memorial Day weekend. So we should have an episode of that fairly soon. And if she hasn't done it yet, she'll hear this and then freak out and go record it for us (laughs) so we can all listen to it. And this is our main section of the podcast for today. I had a lot of fun working on this section for you guys. I'm interviewing a co-member of my troupe, Mayor Nawal. This is Elena Malente. I've known her for two years through our troupe, and she's a wonderful woman and a lot of fun, and I mostly talked to her about belly dancing with her young adult daughter, who is a teenager, and how belly dance has impacted their relationship and their life, and why it's so popular for mothers and daughters to dance together. Hi, I'm here with Alinia Malente, and we're going to talk a little bit about belly dancing. So tell me, Alinia, how did you get your belly dance name, and what does it mean to you? Well, funny you would ask that. Uh, another thing that I am involved with is called is a live-action role-playing game, and <clears throat> this particular name was not originally picked as a dance name. It was originally picked as a um, character concept for a character that I play in at this other game, and I wanted to have a uh, ethnic name because the character I had was of that nature. And anyway, um, when I chose to belly dance, this particular um, persona uh, fit very well into belly dancing, and I just decided to keep it. Oh, that's really cool. Um, how long have you been dancing? Well, I kind of I began dancing about four or five years ago. Uh, I did take a brief hiatus of about three years. Uh, two and a half to three years, um, and then I began again about two years ago, I guess. Um, okay, and how has belly dancing changed your life? Well, you know, when I first began belly dancing, it was initially to be just an exercise, kind of like doing aerobics. Right. Um, but what, what I found, um, one of my personality, I don't really necessarily any longer call it a flaw, is just that I am intrinsically self-aware. Uh, I'm, I'm unsure of myself and insecure. Um, and as I got more and more involved with the belly dancing, I became more and more um, confident and more able to accept myself. And that's what's really kept me involved in belly dancing more is the um, self-esteem that I get from it. Yeah, that's fabulous. So, um, you are a member of a, of a troupe, 
And I was wondering what made you decide to become a member of a troupe rather than being a solo performer? Well, part of it, again, goes back to the insecurity issues. It's a lot more scarier to be out there on your own. <laughs> but also, when you're a part of a troupe, you are part of a group of uh, like-minded people, and it is just fun to be able to do things with other people. And when you make a mistake, you can laugh together, and it's not so horrifying as when you're doing it yourself. Right. So um, mostly the the rest of the interview, I really want to talk to you a lot about um, dancing with your daughter and how um, you and your daughter are both members of the same troupe. How long had you been dancing before your daughter got interested in it? I actually, the my act of dancing was um, a year as far as part of, with the troupe. Uh, during my uh, hiatus that I was not actually dancing with the troupe, I still had the interest, and I still pulled out, you know, the costuming, and I still listened to the music, and, you know, talked about, I, I need to get back into this. Right. Uh, and then, you know, two years ago when I said, hey, I'm going to do this, um, at that time, that's when my daughter says, you know, hey, I'll do it with you if you want. And, and your daughter's dance name is what? She is known as Princess Yeone. And how old is she? She is 14 right now, and she is has been dancing for the year or two as well. Okay. And going on her second year. Right. And how did she tell you she was interested in dancing? It just was a part of, you know, when I said, hey, I'm going to go do this. Um, so if I said, hey, you want to come, or if she said, I want to come too. Um, but I think um, because we have a wonderful relationship in other areas, it was just natural for the two of us to um, go and do this together as well. Did you have any concerns about no, this is this is my time for me, and, and I don't want to share it. Or were you kind of enthusiastic that this was another thing that the two of you could share? Myself, I was just ecstatic that we had one more thing that just kind of cemented our relationship together. Um, I'm definitely not so concerned with needing my time. Yeah. You know, I know that my time with her is very limited she's growing up and she is the youngest and so I actually embrace what time I have with her so you probably right away kind of wanted to take classes together oh yeah I had no you know the only hesitancy I had was is this something that she wants to do this week and doesn't want to do next week you know wanting her to be consistent whether she chose to do so or not. Right. Were you ever worried that she might not want to take classes with you? That like she would want to do belly dancing but maybe not be in the same class as you? No, I wasn't concerned about that as much as whether she would lose interest quickly. Right, right. And I just kind of felt that, you know, hey, if she was going to do it, um, we would there was no question as to whether we would do it together or not together. Yeah. 
So what effects have you noticed in your daughter since she has started dancing? Well, she's always been a very open uh, person. I think the biggest thing has been in um, more along the lines of being more open-minded and opening herself to the softer side of life. Um, she's not known for, you know, I mean, she doesn't wear the ribbons and lace at school and things. And so what I've seen is a more, she's being drawn towards girly stuff. Have you noticed, is she uh, more self-confident or does she have a better image, like body image of herself or any things like that? Is she more, maybe more confident around boys? I mean, I know she's still young, but. (laughs) You know, I can't tell because she's a very self-confident person. Um, I, I think that she still needs a little bit of work. She's reaching that um, self-conscious age. And so, yeah, it helps her to not be quite so worried about what other people think. Right. But to see herself. That's great. That's great. Um, and how has dancing together affected the relationship between the two of y'all? Well, it's just brought it that much closer. Um, You know, there's something to be said about, you know, laughing and putting each other's makeup on, you know, and when we get ready for um, a show, um, you know, we're in there, you know, bumping each other against the mirror, trying to be the one who gets to see their face in the mirror, you know, and it's more of a a girlfriend camaraderie rather than I'm her mom and she's, you know, the little girl. It's more of a companionship. That's good. Um, Do you think that the two of you will ever do a mother-daughter duet? I had never thought about it. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I definitely could see possibilities in the future of that on my end of it. I think that that would be really fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I would love to see the two of y'all do a duet together. I think it would be fun to watch. <laughs> so I we, think it would because we have um, that, I don't know if you'd call it a spiritual connection, just by being mother and daughter and, you know, loving each other the way that we do. Right. And I, it would come out in, a, in whatever routine. I think it would come out. Right. So within our troop, we have three sets of mothers with young adult daughters dancing. Why do you think so many mother and daughters are enjoying belly dance together? And, and aside from those three sets, those are the sets that perform with us. We have about four or five more sets who just take classes and don't perform. So it, it seems to be a fairly popular thing for mothers and daughters to do together. You know, my opinion on that is just because we're a different world than we were a few years back. You know, a few years back, mothers and daughters, you know, baked cookies and and made pies together, or they had their little, you know, they they did the homemakery stuff. Um, But we're a society that goes so many different directions, but yet, especially in women, I think that there's a very strong need to connect with each other and Mothers and daughters, by definition, are already right there. As they get older, once they leave the initial, I want to rebel, 
Right. I think they want to connect with something. And I think that belly dancing is so spiritually, and I don't mean in a religious way, but more in a emotional way, it's opening. And right. it allows you to touch something deep inside that, you know, I mean, touchy-feeliness that women like. I think that's an excellent way to put it. <laughs> uh, do you think your daughter will continue to dance into her adulthood, and do you hope that she will? I don't know the answer about whether or not she will, because, you know, again, sometimes her interests flip-flop because right. she's young. She is a teenager. Um, I hope she does. <laughs> she's a teenager. Yeah. And I really hope she does. Because I see so many positive things involved in belly dancing that has nothing whatsoever to do with wearing a costume and, and performing in front of people. Um, because it's, it's, it's just something deeper. Right. And so, yes, I do hope that she does continue it. And I hope that she goes on to be uh, ten times more involved even than I am. <laughs> Which that brings up a, another question that I just thought about. You're going to start teaching in the fall. And I'm assuming okay. she'll she'll be in your class, correct? Yes, that would be correct. How do you think that's going to work out that mother is now teaching daughter in a, in you know, a class I think, setting? I think that it'll be fine because I intend to use her as my guinea pig throughout the week anyway. <laughs> So my ho my hope is that because of me using her as the guinea pig uh, and then being in my class that she is going to begin uh, keeping her eye open and, and maybe eventually, I'm sure not this time, but maybe eventually even uh, step up to somebody and say, hey, try it this way. Right. You know. Right. Do you think it might inspire her to eventually become a belly dance teacher herself? And not everybody can be a teacher. Not everybody wants to be involved in something like that, so I can't say. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. <laughs> okay, one last question. What is your favorite prop and why? Mm -hmm. You know, I have never personally worked with props, but from my um, watching and, and seeing, I love the way the veils look. Yeah, yeah. To me, uh, there is something almost um, angelic about the way you can make a veil look, you know, and it gives you that um, princess feeling. Yes, yes. You know, everybody can be a princess. Exactly. <laughs> well, I would like to thank you for your time and talking to me and letting me do this interview with you. And I really appreciate it, and our listeners are going to appreciate it too. Well, I have enjoyed every minute of it. I'd like to thank Alenia Melente for taking the time out to let me interview her. In a couple of weeks, we're going to try to schedule some time for me to interview her daughter as well so you can get both sides of the story as far as mothers and daughters dancing together because I think that would be really fun. So this is the end of another week's podcast. We're going to end with our podcast safe music as always.
before we do that, let me give you this week's question of the week. And since I talked to Alenia so much about how belly dancing has changed her life and her daughter's life and their relationship together, that's what I want to ask you guys. How has belly dance changed your life? And so I, I'm expecting some really inspirational stories as well as some really fun stories. Just just pure fun, humor, inspiration. Either way, we should get some great answers from that question. So this week's podcast safe music is Zephyrus from the album Star of the Sea by Stella Mara. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode of ShimmyCast. Remember, you can email us at shimmycast at gmail.com or you can go to our forums at shimmycast.blogspot.com. If you enjoy the show, please feel free to tell a friend, leave reviews in the iTunes music store for me, or you can vote for the podcast at Podcast Pickle or Podcast Alley. And I hope you guys have a great week. And until next week, this is Anala Rabari saying shimmy on.
again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast at gmail.com. And be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.